there's only limited time in the day. Then we add my phone's ringing. I've got text messages. I got a notification on Facebook. It's no wonder most of us have some level of stress and anxiety and Business-wise, it slows down our goals. Instead of hitting the goal in a year, it's going to take three. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you in part by Article. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high-quality, stylish, and made to last. For more information, head on over to article.com slash article for trade. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, Darla Powell, the Grand High Poobah of all things at Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency for the interior design realm. Today's guest, David Wood, is going to talk to us about getting outside of your comfort zone. You know, if you're new to the show, at the end of every episode, I end it with get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. And David Wood is going to talk to us today and give us his thoughts and theories and tips and techniques on how to actually go about doing that. It's easier said than done sometimes, right? A hundred percent. But before I get into my chat with David Wood, I have some housekeeping. Have you headed on over to wingnutsocial.com and checked out the Wingnut Academy that's coming soon and our monthly Wingnut webinars? The next webinar will be on June the 30th from 11 to 12, and they're absolutely free. We have them every month, and they are content geared towards the interior design industry, the architect industry around professional advice, tips around marketing, running your business, systems and processes, and they have been very well received. And if by any chance that you've missed those, you can head on over to wingnutsocial.com slash webinar. Check out Wingnut Academy, which is launching soon, if it hasn't launched already. And um, stay on top of that bad boy. Our first Wingnut Academy class is on Instagram for interior designers. So you're going to want to make sure that you check that out as well. Okay, that's it for housekeeping. Y'all know what time it is. Time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. All right. Two in a row. Emily Lisi, digital content manager extraordinaire for Wingnut Social is joining us for this week's mini news. Emily, surprisingly, we're not talking about Instagram. What do you have today? Yeah. Today we're talking about Google rolling out a new core search update. So that's just a fancy way of saying it's their updates that they roll out a couple times a year. And they are just updates that are going to improve the overall relevancy of Google search results. So the thing about these updates when Google rolls them out is that they're very vague and almost kind of mysterious about them, not telling you exactly what they're changing. So it kind of makes, it kind of makes digital marketers like me freak out and kind of be on edge, like on the lookout. What's going on? What do I need to change about my uh, content strategy on my website? But in general, the rule of thumb is If you have quality content on your site, there's nothing you need to worry about. So Google themselves says the changes are about improving how our systems assess content overall. These changes may cause some pages that were previously under-rewarded to do better. But at the same time, they say that 
pages that drop after a core update don't have anything wrong to fix. So they suggest focusing on ensuring you're offering the best content you can. And that's what the algorithms seek to reward. That's nebulous. That tells us really nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. If you notice any drop offs, and don't worry about it. It's, it's us. It's not you. We're breaking right, up. Right. <laughs> okay. So before we, we rolled out this mini news, we were talking about, is this going to affect our advertising as well? And you know, it could, because if you, if you head on over to our YouTube channel, I did a webinar on uh, Google ads and your organic search results and the quality of that do affect your Google ad rankings. And you have to catch the webinar to get the whole deets on that. So yeah, this is nebulous and vague. So the best thing that I would say coming from this is just to make sure that the content is relevant for what it's clicking from. You know, if people are are searching something in, on the search engine results page, that that title that you're clicking back to, the content is fulfilling that search query for sure. But yeah, okay. I would recommend to look at your Google Analytics, see what pages on your, sites, on your site have improved or worsened, and then use that information to inform the new content on your website. So rather than going back and changing all of your old content, Use the information from this update to inform your new content instead. Actually, this is what a nerd I am. Over the Memorial Day weekend, I sat through their keynote uh-huh. <laughs> thing that they have. If you go to your Google Analytics or you go to your Google Ads, you'll see that they they put out their live keynote like event of when they were announcing all their changes and stuff. Well, that was hard to sit there. It was hard to watch. <laughs> but, you know, we're always, you know, updating our skills here at Wingnut Social. Many new sesh. Yeah. All right. Now let's get into my chat with David Wood. But first, you all know the drill. David Wood is a former actuary to Fortune 100 companies. He has built the world's largest coaching business. Wow, that's something right there. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself. David has survived, get this, a full collapse of his paraglider, a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, oh, that's terrible, anxiety, and a national gong show. (laughs) He coaches high-performing business owners to double revenue and their time off by focusing less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming David Wood to the show. Hey there, David Wood. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm good today and better after talking with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I like to have little chats in the green room just to kind of, you know, get familiar and get comfortable. I have tremendous social anxiety. So you telling me in the green room some of the the big leaps that you just took made my hands sweat a little bit, but (laughs) I'm a big admirer of your guts. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about guts and grit and getting outside of your comfort zone and, and not playing small and uh, not playing it safe. And I want to double click on a couple of things you just said. Oh, yeah, please do. And we're going to talk about authenticity and the courage that it takes to do that. And what I love is you just demonstrated what I want to talk about. As I mentioned before we hit record, we're releasing a book called Mouse in the Room because the elephant isn't alone. And it's all about addressing those little animals in the room that you may not normally share with someone. And you just named two wonderful mice. You said, I normally have tremendous social anxiety. That had me feel closer to you. And then you said, you know, my hands are sweating. And so you revealed yourself to me and the audience. And that's exactly what I want to talk about today is naming 
those mice, naming what's happening. It allows people to know us and builds trust and life and business gets better. I love it. And just so the audience is aware, we were talking about, you just kind of picked up and I'll let you tell that story and did something that, you know what, I'll tell you secretly that I've kind of always wanted to do. You're actually getting into acting and you're a legit professional actor now. And this is a new venture for you. Were you afraid of doing this? Tell me about your journey. Look, I feel like I've done some big things and I'm still up for doing big things. That doesn't mean I'm not scared. And so, yeah, I'll tell the story, but then I want to remind me if I don't do it, I want to get to the fear, which I'm going through daily at the moment. So for 10 years, I've always been drawn towards performance, improv, stand-up comedy, motivational speaking. I've even played guitar on stage and, and national TV. I've always been drawn to that. But acting, I've been like, oh, I don't, re- I don't really know what that is. I don't know how to do it. I did a couple of short films over 20 years. And then eight months ago, I realized I've been wanting to do this for at least 10 years. I've been wanting to find out what would happen if I committed, if I moved to Los Angeles, if I got trained as a professional actor, if I got an agent, if I just went and did a thousand auditions, which is pretty scary, right? The whole audition process and you're going to get it, you're not going to get it, blah, 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 blah. But I never told anybody because I didn't know if I was going to do it. And then eight months ago... I named that mouse. It was a pretty big mouse. I was like, this is a desire I have. And I told someone, maybe next year is the time to move to Los Angeles. And she said, oh, I did that. And we got talking about it. So naming that mouse gave me energy. A week later, she calls me and says, I'm going to an audition for a play. And it's a professional production. It's a paid production. Do you want to come with me? And part of me is, hell no. I haven't even taken a class yet. But then another part of me said, this is the universe knocking. This is what it looks like. Yes, it's scary. Let's go. So I went to the audition. I got cast as the lead. I played Dracula. Play and got paid. So now I can actually say I'm a working professional actor. (laughs) Other people may dispute it. I don't care. I've earned $2,000 in the last eight months, which for a beginning actor I think is, is pretty amazing. And then I was like, can I move to LA? And it was scary because I had a wonderful life in Boulder. Two weeks ago, I sold everything that I have except for what can fit in the car. I drove across country, never done a drive that long with my furry companion, my dog. And I started acting class the next day. So it's intense. I, I finished rehearsal after midnight last night. And I'm like, what am I doing? State classes go till 11 o'clock. We could only fit in the rehearsal after class. We're running it through. I'm performing A Few Good Men, a scene from A Few Good Men. So I'm working, I'm working on my accent. I'm running lines. I've ordered costumes. And we present it to the class and the teacher critiques it. So now I'm still a coach. I'm still a trainer. I'm still launching a book in June 13. But I'm also following a dream that I've had for about 10 years. So not only are you preaching the walk, but you're walking yeah, the walk. Yeah, I think right? I am. And so let's come to the fear. It's not comfortable. I'm scared about this scene on Wednesday night. We're going to be performing it for like 80 people and a teacher in a theater, and then they're going to sit me on the stage and critique it. I'm scared about that. I'm sensitive to noise. There's a mouse. I'm sensitive to noise. I get triggered. I, I've been living in the country for three years. Not a lot of 
people sounds. And here I've got dogs and sirens and bumps and clanks and people walking above me. I'm like, what's going on? And my systems, sometimes I get anxious and then I get exhausted from the anxiety. Now I'm, I've got techniques and things to cope and I've got my own coach and I'm working through these things. But I'm just saying, just because you see someone do something that seems courageous, it doesn't mean that they're fearless. It might just mean they're willing to have that fear and work through it. And that's what I want for everybody in the world, that you identify your desire mice. We've identified eight categories of mice in the book. You identify your desire mice because sometimes they hide. And then once you know them, how can you go for that in a way that honors your nervous system and the fears that you have so that on your deathbed, you're not looking back and saying, I wish. I don't want that for anybody. What I want is I gave it all. I really lived my life. And that takes courage. And often it takes a helping hand. So, David, let's talk about stepping out of your comfort zone in a professional way for businesses. In your bio, I told the audience, you know, that you help business owners to double their revenue and focus on less by being 30% more courageous in their business or their career. Can you give us some examples or some stories about how that works out? Yeah. So, those are two big concepts. The first one is focus. So I'll speak about that briefly, and then I I really love this stepping out of the comfort zone thing. I've been practicing it for a long time. We tend to get scattered. I just had a coaching session with a client, and she's already got a target market worked out, and then someone's offered, oh, I'll email my list. Maybe you could create a program for kids. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm like, wait a second. That's going to cost you. That's a pivot. There's so many options we've got as entrepreneurs. We see all the possibilities. Oh, there's six target markets that I could serve. And each of them have five different problems that I can help with. You know, I'd like seven different products or services that can help them. And then seven different lead magnets. And I've got six traffic sources I want to do. I'm getting stressed just talking to you about it, Dala. (laughs) I'm getting stressed hearing it because that's me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we get scattered and then in our personal life, oh, I'd like to do play squash and I'd like to do ultimate frisbee and I'd like to do this and I'd like to connect with these friends and there's only limited time in the day. Then we add social media and all the, you know, my phone's ringing, I've got text messages, I got a notification on Facebook, I got WhatsApp, we got Voxer, I've got Marco Polo. Oh my God. It's no wonder that most of us have some level of stress and anxiety. And business-wise, it slows down our goals. Instead of hitting the goal in a year, it's going to take three. Instead of hitting it in one month, it's going to take three or four or five or six months because we're trying to do so many things. So, And it's hard. Sometimes you need someone else to say, stop, step away from that. But So ironically, by focusing on less, we can produce more. And it's actually possible to get twice as much of the important stuff done in half the time you're spending now. Cut your time in half, drop out all the crap, focus on what matters. You'll get twice as much done of what matters, what's going to move the needle. Why do you think that we tend to get scattered in, you know, the shiny object syndrome? Yeah. And why do you think that is? Is that related to anxiety or fear or not wanting to dig in on the things that matter? Is that part of that courageous element? 
I think part of it is the ego okay. that doesn't want to miss out. And it's like, well, I'm going to do this and I'll do this. I'll do this. Be productive. Got to produce money, put things on the table. You know, I go to the bathroom and I'm checking my phone because I want to be more efficient. Same. We do that. And also, I think we want entertainment. We want motion. We want action. So we fill it with, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? We get a little dopamine hit, chemical in the brain when we get a text message. So we're trained to go for all of these things and to scatter. So the answer is discipline. Work out a year from it. I say to my clients, like, like on the first call. So if anyone listening to this wants a coaching call with me, I'll give you a link at the end where you can request it. First thing I'm going to do is ask you what matters over this next 12 months. That's going to take some thought. And then it's going to take some discipline because you might want these 10 things, but practically speaking, you might not get any of them if you go for 10. So what are the three business goals that matter to you that would have us celebrating 12 months from now? You'd be doing the happy dance. You'd be calling your friends saying, check this out. This actually happened. Three business goals and three life goals. The rest yeah, write them down and we'll put them in a drawer. They'll be bonus goals. When you achieve one, you can pull another one out of the drawer. It's hard to do. And it's necessary if you want to move faster towards your goals. If you're having a good time and you don't care about the pace or what you create, don't do any of this. This is just for people who want to be more than average and want to be extraordinary in manifesting things in time and space. Right. And if everybody did it, it wouldn't be. <laughs> and I, I relate to this in a lot of ways and, and being visible. When I first started the podcast, when I first started doing interior design, I was a cop in a past life, which is a very secure job early. I retired early to start interior design. And then I retired that to do the marketing agency because that's just naturally how it segued. Terrified the whole time, right? Terrified of doing the podcast, stepping up to do the video podcast, but doing it and doing it for a while and getting more comfortable doing it, it becomes the new normal. If you're new to the show, you might not know that I am an interior designer and I was doing full-time design in Miami, Florida for Darla Powell Interiors before doing Wingnut Social. And I have to tell you, I relied on Article Furniture, article.com, for a lot of my projects. Our clients were extremely happy with the quality, the beauty, and the fast shipping, and they photographed insanely well. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high quality, stylish, and made to last and they have pieces at every price point. So if you're doing a little bit of high-low design action there and you need some really stylish pieces delivered on time, believe it or not, they have stuff in stock. I know that's hard to believe in this day and age. Article.com is for you. Consider them a trusted partner, not a vendor. Transparency, deadline support, and full project guidance because Article understands that the design process needs end-to-end -end support, and they deliver that in spades. Article is offering our listeners an exclusive offer. When you sign up for the Article for Trade program at article.com slash article for trade, you'll get free shipping on your first order. You can't beat that with a stick. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. And did I tell you they have stuff in stock? <laughs> That's so important. Go and sign up today. 
So Wingnut Social has been making quite the mark with our full-service social media marketing services for interior designers and adjacent verticals. But did you know that we also offer search engine optimization? Search engine optimization is how you get found on the Googles, how your ideal client sees you when they're typing in interior designer in Miami, Florida. You want Susan McNuggets interior design to pop up. And there's a way to do that to optimize your website on both an off-page and on-page way, ongoing SEO with link building and blogging and all kinds of good stuff. And yes, we do all of that for you. And that's one of the most impactful ways for you to be found in an organic way by your ideal client. And even if you're doing ads, Google ads, pay-per-click ads, if your website is optimized and up-to-date in a healthy SEO way, you're going to be paying less for your ads because it's all about quality, baby, and getting found by your ideal client and offering that great experience on the Googles. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out the SEO audit. That is where everything SEO at Wingnut starts. We'll go in and we'll do a deep dive on your website and see what's broken and how to fix it. And you can get our recommendations for what ongoing SEO would look like moving forward. That's wingnutsocial.com. You seem like you wouldn't be afraid of anything. Yeah, I don't show it. Right. Yeah. Same. I, I get that same feedback. So what do you say to that interior designer or that, or that business owner out there is listening who is, that is just such a wall. It's just such a barrier for them. What are some techniques or tips or tricks or advice? Great. Yeah. Let's talk about courage and stepping out. Now, firstly, the mind will often hide these desire mice from you because they're scary. You know, you want to speak on stage. Terrifying. I started singing lessons a few months ago and the teacher said, okay, would you join our, we're going to have a performance for all my students in a theater. Oh my God. No microphone, no reverb, no help. Me standing there feeling naked in front of people singing the sound of silence by Simon and Garfunkel. My knees were shaking and I can't remember the last time that happened. I thought people would be able to see it. They couldn't see it. They, could, they didn't notice that. And here's a great tip. If you're going to do something that's really scary, you can name that mouse. You said it at the beginning of this interview. I have a lot of social anxiety. Oh, my hands are sweating. I'm nervous. You can do that on stage. You can do that in a podcast interview. Reveal yourself. Okay, this is super scary. You guys are terrifying. I haven't sung before on stage and I'm here and I'm ready. Thank you. Bring yourself into connection. That's one tip on how to handle that fear. I once was encouraged by my coach to name a historical mouse. This was from 20 years earlier when I was in, in high school. Now it's been longer than that. But at the time, 20 years had passed and there was a guy from high school that I still resented and the coach found out about it, encouraged me to go and name that mouse with him. I said, hell no. Are you, what? And she said, what's holding you back? And I said, He's going to think I'm an idiot. And she said, magic words, then lead with that. I love it. Because that's your truth. That's your mouse. Name that. That gave me the path to do it. I was like, oh, I could do that. So I called him, tracked down his number, called him up. I said, this is David Wood from high school. And I said, look, I'm just so scared making this call because I'm worried you're going to think I'm a complete idiot. And he got interested. He's like, oh, what have you got? Tell me. And I named my, my historical mouse. I've resented you for 20 years. 
you know, you one-upped me all the time. I tried to one-up you, but you were better at it. And we used to be friends and I'm letting go of it. You don't have to do anything. I just wanted you to know I'm letting go of it now. And he blew my mind with his next words. He said, what can I do or say now to help us move forward? Damn, we became friends that day. So the trick was to identify the mouse. And what we do in the book is we we lay out a 3D process, which stands for discover, decide, if you're going to name the mouse. So discover what you're actually feeling or what your mice are. Decide if you're going to name it and then disarm or disarm in American. Disarm the other person. And that will help your courage. Once you get clarity, oh, this is what I'm afraid of. Then you can tell the other person if you choose. Oh, this is what I want. Great. Now you can bring that. You need less courage now. It's a little bit less scary. Then you decide if you're going to name it. And if you do, the process we map out is going to make it easier for you. Disarm the other person. You'll ask for consent. Can I share something with you? And here's why I want to share it. And here's why I I didn't want to share it because I'm really nervous about this or I don't want to offend you or anything like that. Do you have a few minutes now? Once you've got that, you've got a map. It becomes easy. It's going to require less courage. Now, the final step, there's probably still going to be some fear. That's okay. Yeah. Call up, do what it is, reach out, get on stage, be afraid, breathe, and share it. Hey, this is edgy for me. I just want to name it. You don't have to do anything. I'm fine being nervous, but I just want to let you know this is edgy for me. Now they know who they're dealing with. They can be with you in that. I love that for a lot of reasons. And listening to you walk us through that, I have done a lot of public speaking. And before every time I get up on stage, I shake and I try to, my brain is doing the fight or flight. And I literally have thoughts of how can I get out of this? (laughs) But I do it anyway. But hearing you say that and and visualizing myself tell the audience, hey, you know, (laughs) wow, there's a lot of you. I'm a little, you know, a little nervous. It's been a while. That relax me in a mental way already to just kind of get that out and to release that energy. I don't think it would take away all my nerves, but I can see it help me going forward for sure and being an icebreaker with the audience for that. I like that a lot. And you don't go overboard, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have to share, look, I'm really nervous because when I was five years old, I had a traumatic experience and you don't collapse in it. And I've been told by a wonderful coach once, don't share something while you're still bleeding from it. If you've got a wound, if you're still bleeding from it, don't share it, right? Because then that's distress and people might feel like they need to rescue you and it's, oh, God, what's going on? But when you own it, and the example I like to use, and I got part of this from Brene Brown, you're not going to go to the boardroom as a CEO and say, we're heading off a cliff. I'm freaking out. I can't sleep at night. I'm taking Valium. And it's still not working. We've got no plan. Oh, we're going under. (laughs) You may feel that with your coach. Share that with your therapist. Share that with your best friends. Journal. Do what you need to do. And then you can go to the board and say, some of you may be scared in the current economic climate. I don't blame you. Sometimes I am too. And we don't have all the answers yet. But we're working on a plan and together we'll find our way, right? There's, there are ways that you can own it and expand bigger than it. David, what would you say to the 
the person in the audience listening and saying, this is all well and good, going out of your comfort zone. You dropped everything to go to Los Angeles to be an actor, which is huge. On, on the scale of one to 10 of what we're discussing, that's a nine or 10, right? This says, you know, but I'm pragmatic, I'm practical. And this is, you know, that's a nice fantasy. But to your point with the economy and worries, how do you balance being pragmatic and practical and sensible, which you probably hate that word in this context, in your business versus being daring and being courageous? So this fits into that middle D, which is decide. Do I name the mouse? Do I reach out to that celebrity to endorse my... So yeah, let's put it in a business context. I, now that I'm launching the book, there are a lot of scary things that I need to do. And I could say, I'm not going to ask Jack Canfield for an endorsement because I'd be putting, you know, it'd be awkward and he's already done a lot for me. So I just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to ask Marshall Goldsmith. I'm not going to reach out to 10 agents and see if I can get a publisher at the last second. It's very easy to be pragmatic. I think that's the voice coming in saying, this is going to be awkward and scary. Just just don't do it. And we do that with mouse naming. We just, oh, it'll be awkward. That person will get upset. I'll get fired. I'll lose my relationship. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. All of these things, what we need to do is generate the upside because the mind will tell us all the negative, but we've got to generate the possibility When I said, okay, maybe I could go to LA and dive into acting, that's me generating the upside, which is going to counterbalance the fear. When you're looking at talking to a coworker who's not pulling their weight, or I want to tell an actor in my scene, you're overdoing it. Can you bring it back a notch? It's not really the place to do it. What's the upside? What's possible out of it? That's going to counterbalance that fear. Now, often- This is where coaching, motivational podcasts like yours, courses, immersion courses, working with a therapist, that can help because the mind will hide all these possibilities and someone else can say, what about this? Or I want to see you generate $20,000 this week, not over six months. What would that take? That starts to generate the possibility and then it gets a bit less scary once we see the upside. If you don't have the upside, why would you do it? You're not going to do all the outreach. You're not going to ask that person to work with you. You've got to generate and see the possibility. And Oh, I want that enough to overcome this fear. I love it. What is your end game, just out of curiosity, with the acting? Do you see yourself progressing further beyond the, the boards? The boards, the, the planks of the stage, right. I have a number of goals. One is to know myself better. Find parts in me, find those mice in me that uh, as yet undiscovered and reclaim those and find ways to express those. So there's a whole personal growth intuition that I have that just says, this is good for you and it's going to create good things. Secondly, to have fun. And I'm already doing it. I honestly don't need, I do have a, a dream, a goal of being playing the lead in a major studio film, a major motion picture. That's what I'd like to do. I've wanted that for a long time. I was hoping I'd just be discovered without doing any work, and that didn't work, so I'm now trying something else. But really, mainly, I want to have a good time. And last night in rehearsal at midnight, we nailed the rehearsal, and I was I had goosebumps. I'm like, damn, something came. I'm doing the courtroom scene from A Few Good Men, right? You can't handle the truth. And it just came out of me with this fury. 
And I'm like, I want to have a good time. So I don't mind doing a, a thousand auditions. That's my stage. Doing videos, sending like 20, 30 videos a week for roles. I submit myself to 150 roles a week. Now, I'm fine doing that. I know the game. I'm playing the odds, the law of large numbers. So the end game, and I may only be here for a year. My commitment to myself is one year, and then maybe I'll move to Mexico or something. But that would be a nice thing to have. I'd I'd love to play the lead in a major motion film. And if that doesn't happen, having a good time for this year and learning more about myself. I love it. So the personal growth with this philosophy is just as important, if not more so, than the business by applying being courageous. And at the end of every show, I say, get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. Because that's what I do. I get out there, I just get uncomfortable. And I don't know if I'm great, but I, you know, I (laughs) really just do the thing. So I love that. Now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. We'll find out. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Playful and deep. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food forever. What would it be? Forever. Ben and Jerry's Mm -hmm. Chunky Monkey Ice Cream. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has made an impact on you and your personal life or your business. Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Why? She says something that is earth shattering. She says, the worst thing that can happen to you is a thought. It's not what happens in the world. It's what we're believing about it. That changes everything. If that's true, it changes everything. Love it. Let's talk a little bit about mouseintheroom.com, which is your book, Mouse in the Room. I'm going to order my copy. When does that come out? How can the audience get it? And how can they find out more about you? And we'll call it a day. Yeah, thank you. My mission is to start a mouse naming revolution. Stop hiding those parts of ourselves and reclaim them with our kids in the workplace And so we're having a party on June 13 because I want to do a bestseller campaign. It's an excuse to bring everyone together and make noise about this concept of mouse naming. So the way you can play, if you want to get the book and if you want to help us to make it a bestseller is on June 13 at, we'll go now to mouseintheroom.com and get on the list for the early notification and to get the bonuses that we've got mouseintheroom.com. And then this is my request, set an alarm for noon Pacific on June 13. And in that hour between noon and 1 p.m., go and buy 10 books, go and buy 20 books. We're going to have a special on the Kindle version. It's probably going to be like 99 cents for a Kindle version. By 2025, the number keeps going up, right? (laughs) It'll cost you like 20, 25 bucks. And then you can gift those to your friends. Amazon will let you email your friends and send them the Kindle version. And then if you love it and you believe it deserves a five-star review, come back a day later. Apparently, that's the key. You got to wait a day, set an alarm, come back on the next day. And if you think it deserves it, leave a five-star review. So that's how you can play in the bestseller campaign. But regardless of what you do, get your own copy and start mouse naming. I think you will want to share it with the people that matter to you, because it's hard to mouse name in isolation. Way easier if your partner knows exactly what's going on, your kids know all about it, your boss, your coworkers, your staff, your team have read it, then they can be coming to you. Can I name a mouse with you? Oh, yeah, what you got? Oh, I got a confession mouse. All right, go. Can you imagine that in our world, if that was our language? 
mouseintheroom.com. Love it. David Wood, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Dala. Mouseintheroom.com. I'm totally signing up to get those updates for that book. He hit a lot of things that resonated with me for sure. And I'm, sh- I can know I cannot be the only one who gets anxiety with public speaking or social anxiety. I've talked to so many of you here at Wingnut or in, in real life who share that with me, right? And I think that this is a very good exercise in order to own it, right? To feel that, to own that and to relate to the people in the audience that are feeling the same thing. And the authenticity that David touched on is something that we practice here as well at the agency at Wingnut Social. When we create content on behalf of the interior design clients, on on behalf of you guys, because it's relatable, it makes people feel comfortable and safe with you and uh, their guard comes down because they're like, ah, she's one of us. She, you know, I can relate to her because I feel the same way. And you, you start building that no and trust. And I'm not saying to do it in a disingenuous way. Of course, you want to be honest. And I think it serves those two points. I really did have a mental bout of relaxation when he said, you know what? Oh, man, this audience is scary or something to that effect. You know, with this audience, I've never sung before for this crowd. This is who <laughs> there's like an energy or something, an ownership or an energy of release that I think just helps to buffer that a bit. And I love it. And the success that he had with his friend from 20 years ago from high school. Now they're friends. I just, there's just something very healing and very profound about all of this and facing it, facing your mice, facing your fears, naming them, you know, petting them on their little mousy back. It's so funny. It reminded me when I was talking to him, this isn't mice, this is rats, and this is a true story. I had a Tesla that when I lived in Miami, Florida. <laughs> and for some reason, I lived kind of like in the farming community, kind of outskirts called the Redlands. And a nest of rats decided to take home in the front portion of the car. So yeah, we're like that Tesla. We all have mice in our frunk, right? So I think naming them, taking ownership of them and facing those fears and speaking the truth of what they are and what they mean to you and relating to other people has a lot of power. So I do hope that you got that same value and that same takeaway from David as I did. So remember just to get out there, get uncomfortable would be great. Yeah, sure. No, get out there and uh, mouseintheroom.com. Get on that list. And I love his little idea of, you know, order 10, order 20 at 99 cents and give them away as a gift. If you found this show to be as helpful as I did, I think that would be a really good idea. All right. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. a frog in my throat. Not even a a little, I'm going to name my mouse. His name is Froggy and he's in my throat. I just wanted to remind you to walk on over, run or walk. (laughs) Maybe it's the cold. Cold never bothered me anyway. (laughs) I'm not singing it. Good boy, Mango.